This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Take a look at this. Dr. Martin Brenner. Who? Brenner. He runs Hawkins' lab. Okay. <laughs> you don't find that interesting? Not really. He was involved in some hippie crap back in the day, so what? No, this isn't hippie crap. This is CIA-sanctioned research. Barb wakes up in a creepy, deserted version of Steve's pool and is chased and tormented by the Demigorgon. Her status remains unclear throughout the episode, though her friend Nancy makes attempts to find her. Joyce attempts communication with Will by stringing up an ever-elaborate system of Christmas lights throughout her house, finally setting on a Ouija board-style system where her supposed Will has one message for her. Run. Hopper visits Hawkins' lab where he is given the runaround that begins to piece together the facility's dark history of human experimentation and wonders if Will didn't get caught up at the wrong place and the wrong time. Jonathan is humiliated as Stephen and Nancy confront him about his late-night photo session involving them, but Nancy is drawn to the pictures showing a lonely bar about by Steve's pool. Finally, the boys gear up for Operation Mirkwood, where Elle has agreed to help them find Will, only to be led back to Will's house. There, the boys see a bunch of emergency vehicles fly by and ride their bikes to the local quarry, where a body, apparently Will's, is being drug out of the water. Welcome to Dungeons and Demigorgons, the officially unofficial podcast for Stranger Things on Netflix. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just watched Chapter 3, titled Holly Jolly. Jolly, Holly is not so jolly anymore after seeing that horror show. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> that would creep me out if I were a little kid and I saw something coming through the walls. Oh, was her name, the little girl's name was Holly? Yeah, yeah. Uh... That's, I guess, what they hinge the entire name of the episode on, which is just like a minor point. Yeah, okay. But, all right. Maybe they tried to get a little too clever with that it's name. It's also a Christmas title. A it is, yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you knew that. <laughs> sure. You're not fluting Christmas. I've never heard the Holly Jolly Christmas song. <laughs> uh, what did you think of this episode? Uh, I, I thought it was another really good episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was... Surpri- I mean, the whole episode moves surprisingly briskly, uh, just like the first two. I mean, I, I kept getting caught up. I think there, it was interesting to me how sort of the boys almost take a back seat in this episode to everything right. else, or at least like in my attention, I guess. Um, the least interesting thing that was happening this episode was the boys going on this quest, uh, Operation Mirkwood. Everything else around it was kind of more interesting, which is kind of the opposite, I think, in my opinion, of what's been happening the first two episodes. Yeah, I I agree with you, but I also think there was a couple of things that they're departures for Stranger Things thus far. Like I noticed in our in our recap that we do, there was a lot the word apparent and apparently was used yeah. like a billion times because 
Whereas I feel like we as the viewers have seen a pretty straightforward account. Like, we don't know what's going on in the context for things, but we know, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is happening, and it's like... Whereas they, on many, many occasions this episode, we are left unclear about where people are at, what they're doing, if they're really thing, if who who found this body, what is this body. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And it kind of feels like some of this stuff is to generate drama within the with, within the characters, or yeah, uh, they also backed off on some what I would think would be natural drama around some characters, and I feel like it's probably because they need to get these people to hit certain beats. I I don't know. I felt like there this was kind of um, I don't know if using the word writerly is the right right. Uh, way to describe it but what mm-hmm. i'm trying to say is that for the very first time i could hear a little bit of clicking clacking of people like debating and trying to rewrite scenes and it's yeah. not saying it's a bad episode i'm just saying uh-huh. that like this felt very much a connecting from from one part of the story to the other there there was one moment where i i i think we're talking about the same moment um with the camera breaking scene mm-hmm. uh where i felt like maybe the characters reactions weren't entirely uh, influenced by what was happening, yeah. Like, this, um, like it was more like we we have an established relationship of of ours in their head, yeah, in, in like the writers' heads, right? Right. And they want to just keep pushing that agenda as opposed to like the natural reaction that I think. I mean, maybe we should just talk about that scene. I yeah, let's do it. I, I think Nancy would have been a little more off put by the creeper angle uh, of these photos, and she seemed more concerned in that moment on screen about Beth. Or, yeah. I'm sorry, Barb. I think your average high school girl would be fucking mortified and yeah. livid of this guy taking these creeper photos, and that's without everything they've said in this episode about how on edge Nancy has been about this, because this is not something that Nancy typically does, and she's very afraid that people will think differently of her, and everyone will be watching her, and now she's confronted with someone taking fucking pictures, and this thing is going <laughs> going viral in the high school, and she's, like, just got makes thoughtful expressions about... Like, I get... You know there what? There is I, an element of that, but they told yeah, the yeah. story of Nancy going this other way and that, that there was almost none of that. And I feel like it's because they're going to eventually need Jonathan to be a sympathetic character, and they give no explanation of why... Well, I, I think I might have just shit. changed my own mind um, oh, thinking well, about this. Out. So, you have to look at, like, I guess... Yeah, it makes. I guess it makes a lot of sense in retrospect. Um, they're both kind of on the same mission at that point, right? She's like super worried about Barb. She knows that that Jonathan is super worried about Will, and she kind of connects the dots and said, "Okay, maybe he was really just looking for Will." because like, well, he says th- that in the scene. I guess, but on the maybe other she hand, believes him. maybe she does. I don't think she should because I don't think those pictures were out finding Will. Th- those pictures, yeah, didn't say, "Hey, I'm looking for my brother." They no. said. I'm I'm a creeper. <laughs> like that might like it would not surprise me that there is a weird looking fucking claw or hand in those pictures of Barb. Uh-huh. Like that there is something that eventually breaks open this the the demigorgon side of this case. However, I do not believe that that was Will's purpose of taking these pictures. I honestly don't know why the hell. I hope they address it because otherwise it is uh it's some really creepy shit, Jonathan. Yeah, should have been doing. Yeah, I like we said last time. The only purpose for those pictures would be blackmail or, I guess, uh, wank bank stuff. But yeah, some some really sad wank. I mean, yeah. this is pre-internet. Yeah, I get it. You You're get living it where with you your can single find mom. It. She's not going to have Playboy's lying around. No. 
Your dad uh, does. Come on. Yeah. Go to your fucking dad's house. He's got the Playboys. Your fucking dad's probably got some 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 weird shit on Super <laughs> 8, too, uh, judging yeah. by what I can see from him. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, I, I, and that opening scene of Nancy and Steve making out juxtaposed with Barb fighting for life in the pool, I think was a bit much. I felt Steve is the Demogorgon to Nancy. I guess because they kept showing like Barb's clenched fist around the swimming pools, you know, that like those chrome pipes they got around the ladders of every pool ever. Yep. Um, I don't know why that's the aesthetic. Why is bear chrome chrome pipe? Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're not going to put like a wooden banister. Not a wooden, into the but pool. like you could do like some kind of I don't know, like, like like instead of being chrome, it could be like white or blue or mm-hmm. you know acrylic. Maybe, maybe acrylic. Yeah, you could make something look like a fucking seashell or something. I don't know. Like just like, go with the fucking theme. It's why is this all? Why is this industrial brutal architecture the know. default of swimming pools? Anyway. Uh yeah, they really with, made with that out. with her, you know, like clinching Stevens ar- Steve's arm as he's uh yeah. sexing her up. I thought with that was a little bit eye rolly. Okay. Um and then, you know, that that's that's the thing. Like I don't know if that's because there's a little bit of weakness of the connecting episodes here or because mm-hmm. they had this um like statement that like you can show this much of the demigorgon and not not where and like it's got to be ambiguous so like they the, the director's trying to do something mm-hmm. creative with it i don't know but it didn't work for me yeah because i guess we don't know the fate of barb at this point right she's not necessarily dead she got dragged into the pool right and we heard some low grumbling yeah um i mean i would have thought she had been dead like yeah it's funny because when she wakes up at the bottom of the pool and it's all very fucking pan's labyrinth down here mm-hmm. and i remember when i was watching this like there was a whole bunch of things i was debating like did the demigorgons take you to like an alternate time like it, are they yeah. here to invade earth and they it's kind of like a war of the worlds and you're getting sucked through a time portal like the nature of them and what they do is and i thought they were suggesting yeah. that it's like oh well this pool is like a terminator 2 kind of thing where it's just been abandoned and this is after the war and but then barb looks like she's been fucked up like she's been 10 rounds of the demigorgon when she wakes up she's got a yeah like blood on her face and there's mucus all over her and Plus, like why didn't okay. the demigorgon like yeah i'm trying to establish like rules for the demigorgon can he yeah. can it like drag you into its world and then kill you can it kill you in the real world yeah because that's like, what it seemed like happened to the scientist but maybe he was yeah. in the uh, the lap hands labyrinth version of the facility during that that would explain why the elevator wasn't like right shutting its door or maybe they and, feed and off your pulls, fear it like, pulls will in so it's one of those things where they can just like like they don't want to kill you they want to prolong your torture so they can feed off your psychic fear like that uh-huh. shit's on the table too so we just don't know enough yep um but in absence of concrete storytelling they just go with uh you know like you said uh nancy is struggling with the demi gorgon which is steve <laughs> and barb struggling with the real thing what do you want to yeah. do it's a pretty short cold open though a lot, a lot shorter than the last couple episodes yeah it's like uh 30 seconds or something yeah it's it's short and sweet um what do you think about nancy's relationship with her mom because her mom like at first you know i'm i always think of uh, of of her turn i guess what is her name kathy um her mom's name yeah, Karen. Uh, I Karen. Okay. So I, I look at Karen in terms of like my relationship growing up in the 80s with my mother and like my father. And like there was this thing where like you just understood that if you told your parents the truth about certain things, it's just a bad idea. It's, it's fucked up. Yeah. Because um, you're going to get smacked or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, 
it's, it seems like Karen is like bending over backwards to tell both of her children, like, look, you can tell me dangerous, unsafe things because I'm worried about your safety. And none of her kids take her up on that. No. Like, Nancy just doubles down on the lying and bullshit. Uh, Will just, I don't, you know, he's not necessarily, well, I guess he's lying, too. I, I don't get it. I don't get that dynamic. Hmm. Okay. Why do these children I mean, that feel seems, unsafe talking to their parents? Honestly, that seems like the default dynamic to me. Like nobody talks, no kids talk to their parents about this shit, right? That's sad. I mean, I'm I'm coming up. I, I've got a proto teenager. I'm working on myself, and I'm like, how do you avoid yeah, that? Good luck. I don't know. It's like uh, that feels more like the default mode uh, in my mind. At least, like with my cultural osmosis, that's the feeling right. I've always had: is kids are very reluctant to talk to their parents about right. anything. Right. Uh, but I, I thought that was a great, like, subtle – subtle is not the right word um, because, you know, there there's a lot of dialogue there that just says, hey, talk to me. No, Mom, I'm not going to talk to you. Uh-huh. But it, there's some subtle performances, I think, especially from the woman playing Karen, whose name I don't know. Um, she's really great here because she's, she's you know, extending that, that branch to her, her child to say, mm-hmm. hey, please, like, if you have any problems, come talk to me and we will sort them out. You won't be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but her daughter is just not taking her up on it. And I thought it was a really excellent moment. You can see, like, she's starting to well up uh, mm-hmm. during that scene. And it's just like, it's, I don't know, with a, a very small moment there, they paint a really nice picture of Karen. Yeah. And it's like because it seems like by all accounts Nancy's been the perfect child. So like, sure, yeah, you know what do you do when when your kid like I, that's something I ponder is like what do you do if you got a kid that's been a basically a good kid and suddenly their grades start slipping and like you know something's going yeah. on. What the hell is it? And they're hanging out with the Breakfast Club. Yeah, and they <laughs> they're hanging out with this the human demigorgon Steve. <laughs> right. And like that's not good. But what do you do? What do you do about it? Because yeah. like you just like fucking jump their shit and start the Gestapo tactics and drive them further away or right. do you wait until they're, you know, fucking in real danger and hopefully they'll make the right call? Like it's I guess you wait until parents their, scary, man. Their best friend gets sucked into the pool by a Demogorgon, <laughs> yeah. and then they come to you. Like, this problem solves itself. Uh, the other thing I really liked about this episode was, and one of the more interesting conceits they have in this season of Stranger Things, is the character of Joyce, mm. who is your stereotypical nut job. But she's right. It's like the, is she, like, I, it's like the Randy Quaid character from uh, Independence Day. Uh-huh. And well, I mean, so you're saying is she, and I guess that's a good that's a good question because she might not be right that this is Will, but she right. is right that something is communicating oh, with for her sure. through these lights. And is it Will? Yeah. Is it the Demigorgon? I assume that it's Will because he says things that are agreeing with L, and I think we're supposed to synthesize these plots. That Will that L says that he's right here hiding. Yeah. The boys say no fucking way. The Ouija board Christmas lights say that he's there hiding, and also the run, and then the Demigorgon tries to attack her. So I think, yeah, I think it's Will. I think so, and I like that. I always like that's like you know the kind of thing like everyone thinks this person's full of shit, mm-hmm. but and it reminds me like I, I read this book somewhere. It's like you know having people that were off was not a problem in past times because they would just become the shaman or <laughs> okay. the. You know, the whack, they'd be the ones that are like saying that doom and gloom or, or happy times are coming, whatever. And like, that's just, that's the role that they would play. But now, like, you've got this, these, these, these crazy people, and they're just like, in a secular world, they're, they're just a nuisance. They yeah, have no think, place in society. And that's kind of like an yeah. interesting way to look at Joyce. Does she, 
she uh in in older simpler times people would have listened to her and we could have band together and defeated the demogorgon but now we yeah. want things like evidence and proof and <laughs> or at the very least she doesn't i guess necessarily have to go to her boss and ask for handouts you know oh that's like the the scene where she's in there buying christmas lights it's a good thing that this takes place very close to christmas because if not yeah there's no way she gets those lights well it, right i mean not only that but like they wouldn't be sell- selling them yeah, like, that too, yeah. The, the, like that's you can't the, just they Amazon up this season. shit, right? And I, the idea that she is splurging this Christmas light money with the yeah. money he advanced her—it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> the only thing funnier is if she would like make eye contact with him from across the street as she's at a rival. She's at the five and dime across the street buying up their supply. Uh, Look, I'm spending your money, you know. I'm spend- and a pack of camels. <laughs> that's right. That's right. To just get a fucking case of camels at this but, other place. But, yeah, I mean, the the stuff with Nancy is also another example of this episode moving really briskly, I think. Like, they establish this communication with Will and then immediately pay it off by the Demogorgon coming out of her wall. And, like, yeah. that's the thing. I guess I guess the Demogorgon can pass freely through the through to the real world yeah from whatever dimension it's in yeah wood paneling and wallpaper offers just a momentary barrier <laughs> right to it's crossing over but that's that's interesting because i i i guess i assumed up to this point that that goo on the wall was kind of like an exit or entry point f- yeah. between the two dimensions, the and it doesn't seem like that's the case at because, all. Because we also go in the Hawkins Research Lab, and we see like the you know the laboratory where this kind of all busted out in the first place. It's getting like taken over by these alien yeah. things. That I are wonder coming through and is and, that what happened with the shed? Like, you think the shed is just spreading to the house at this point? It might be because we saw a little goo like, out there. Like, too. like, are these goos like ways for them to weaken the barrier between their dimension and our dimension? But or what about their the pool? Time and our time? There was no goo at the pool. That's true. There's no. Maybe chlorine just really all naturally weakens weakens the yeah. bonds. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, weakens lots of chemical bonds that also uh, weakens space time bonds. I like that scene in the laboratory. I don't usually make the funny observations, but there's a scene where Doctor Brenner is like standing in this heroic pose as they're slowly lowering a machine <laughs> that's aligned right at his crotch level Uh and he's wearing his full hazmat gear it's like you know it's dr hawking's testing the controversial you know (laughs) hand job device fifth dimensional hand jobs but is it worth it my god he's so brave (laughs) to stick your dick in there but it's just like he's it's it's very very triumphant when all clicks together and are bolting it down what the hell what the hell is going on with that uh with all this uh, I don't know they're either studying that stuff or trying to contain it or yeah like how much do they know about well it? another That's... thing that's scary is that the way that we're introduced to that scene is Sheriff Hopper calling bullshit on their lies and obfuscations on the top side and then you mm-hmm. follow this vent that they were just hanging out by yeah and you just you see this like spore filled room like what kind of contaminations are getting out into the Indiana yeah. atmosphere yeah Nothing maybe good. that just landed in the pool yeah uh, that's that the uh, that the uh, chlorine just is uh, the ideal medium for uh demogorgon spore growth, and that's what happened to the barb. The the other funny, I guess, observation that I had is that Doctor Brenner. I, I'm assuming like it's her real father. She's screaming Papa. She certainly thinks it's her father. Yeah, that would be that a point. twist. I don't. I'm I'm not I'm not sure, but like that's the. F- I started thinking like. Maybe he just has all the girls that he that he like that he's raising him as dodges to keep him as yeah. a control mechanism. But maybe also this is actually his daughter. 
Right, because well, one thing we haven't talked about yet is the stuff that Hopper uncovers about Dr. Brenner at the right. library, right? He finds, like, an article. They have the obligatory microfish reading scene right. where they're scrolling through. And they find out that he was doing some experiments under MK Ultra with like, which psychedelics. Is, which is the the one reason why you can't just automatically uh, dismiss cra- all crackpot conspiracy theories because every once in a while they're fucking oh, true. Right. The CIA is the practicing CIA, with uh, psychedelics experiment. No, yeah, this, come on. Yeah, the CIA is actually trying to do mind control shit. And t- <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that happened. That happened. Right. Illegally which, experimenting on people without their knowledge. So it immediately. It connects it to L, right? The one person in this show that we know has mind powers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, th- this is an observation I'm sure Dustin would make if he were privy to that information. You want to know from how many yards away she could kill a yak <laughs> right. with her mind bullets. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much we can we can connect those two, but I I think there's certainly something there. Yeah. Um, but she throws so. She's. They wanted to kill this cat in the flashback that we get, right? And to be fair, they got the biggest asshole cat they could find. Like yeah, this cat is cat. hissing and fu- for no fucking good reason. Just you know, the kind of cat that you wish you could just smother psychically. And she refuses to kill nasty cat, and they drag her off to her room. They send her to her room essentially, mm-hmm. and she freaks out. She throws a tantrum and she kills a couple of guards. And then, I guess Doctor Brenner in a in a moment of bad parenting decides yep that's that's enough punishment for you like you can get out of your punishment by throwing a tantrum yeah what kind of lesson is he teaching and what is it like i i get that solitary confinement is a cruel and unusual punishment right like i'm I'm obviously joking here but no well but i i'm kind of with you like what is goes on like what are their ways of making her comply like the carrot and stick like it's it's yeah honestly i like the way that it's left unsaid because you know, your mind can come up with all kinds of, like, crazy ass things. I've noticed, like, the orderlies, as they're leading away, they're, like, armed with these, like, fucking blackjacks. Like, you know, it's yeah. like, imagine hitting a little girl in the face with one of those. I thought they but were, like, horrifying. stun guns or something Is was my assumption. Oh. Well, we I mean, they, they might have had that, too, but I'm saying, like, on I, like one had on the left hip, one on the right, these, like, leather-weighted, uh, like, baton kind of <laughs> things. Wow. Uh, very similar to that. What that guy in uh, season three of Fargo had, you know, uh-huh. the Yuri guy. Yep. Uh, so, so my my mind immediately news. thinks like, where is he taking her? Like, I, I really like the flashback here. Um, it does a lot for the character of Elle and for mm-hmm. us to understand her a little bit better. Um, but I don't think we've seen the last of that scene. Right. That's a continuation of the flashback we saw before. Yeah, we have even more con- like when when Will locked her in the closet, or sorry, Mike locked her in the closet. Yeah. yeah. So where where is he taking her? Like, did and, and I guess why back would he reward this behavior? Right? Like, yeah, is he going <laughs> to yeah, sit her I, back I in front of the cat? Is he because, training her to do yeah, this? Yeah, like, like like you warmed up with the people. Now go for the kitty. Like, right? It's uh, yeah, it's very disturbing. It's is this to like be. a Weapon X sort of thing? Like, it does feel like that. Yeah, like they're they're trying to turn her into a weapon with like a, yeah. a bunch of different. Um, emotional and uh, coercive strategies which honestly would go along with that idea that dr brenner was involved with mk ultra right and it looked like there's like he had a whole like there the, like if you saw snippets of the microfish that they're reading there's like allegations of child abuse one mm-hmm. mother says that someone stole her daughter you yeah. see dr brenner posing with all these young women like various teenage ages and hospital gowns and it's like man if you kn- like it seems like there's already been enough that someone could have put the pieces together and like shut this shit down but yeah 
you know. But then again, there's also a whole bunch of headlines about the Hawking's lab stonewalling inquiries, and mm-hmm. so and they're trying to keep us one step ahead of the Russians. All right, <laughs> right. all right. You don't want us to to lose that cold so you war. Gotta, you got to you, you want to make an omelet. Got to break a couple eggs. You want to stop the Russians. You got to traumatize a few little girls. What, what what do you want? <laughs> right. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away. And I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Uh... So, I so this is on a lighter topic. I mm. want to talk about the boys gearing up for Operation Merkwood. Yeah, this was the the funniest scene, certainly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love how they got like, but not like everything was like legit because it's from Nant, nah. <laughs> right? Which was like you know, it's a not a few years it's, ago it's at not, that point. It's not military grade. It's not military. It, it's from Nam, so you know it's good. Yeah, like those binoculars came from Nam, uh, and they got their wrist rocket. Uh, and then they compare that, uh, what, what Lucas's haul with Dustin, and it's just all junk. Which, it's you know candy. what? You know what? You're going to be out in the forest for a yeah. couple hours. You're going to need that food. Like, you can't fucking eat wrist rockets. He's not wrong. But uh, but totally within character. Right. Well. Uh, and, and then he says, I, you know, because he says, I don't, we don't need weapons because we got L, which is kind of our, our operating theory from the last episode. Mm-hmm. Dares her to make the Millennium Falcon fly. 
uh, which which <laughs> doesn't exactly work. But then it does later. I thought it was cool that she ended up making the the Falcon fly. Yeah, I'm wondering. I'm wondering about her powers too. I guess like yeah. when she slams doors and stuff, she starts to bleed. When she kills people, she really starts to bleed she out of two all the guys, holes. and she's got yeah, all of her eye holes are leaking blood. Right, and then she's her just sort of levitating it. stuff for fun. Yeah, while the kids are out, Doesn't while the boys are out, seem like that made her bleed. No, and if it did, why would she do that? That's not know. fun. <laughs> I don't know. So I don't. I wonder if there's like a certain amount of emotional distress that that combines with the power to make her bleed or yeah. if she's how well, how much power she has to manifest in order for it to affect her that way i'm glad they showed i'm glad they showed her killing the two guys and like because until then she has done no she demonstrated nothing that the average little girl's right arm could not do <laughs> like she crumples door. a coke can she slams uh-huh. a door she makes a plastic toy levitate yeah. Like okay, but if I'm is, Dustin with her mind, right? This is like like she can cyclically move things. The bummer is she can only cyclically move things as much as an 11 year old girl could do. Yeah, that'd be a bummer. <laughs> like she's gonna do okay with a milk jug, but uh-huh. you know, a, a, a five gallon bucket of water is gonna be a real problem for her. <laughs> uh, but no, she she can she can she can kill dudes. Uh, no probs. Well, mm-hmm. I mean. If you define both nose holes and ear holes bleeding as no probs, you can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, she's clearly dangerous, but what are the limits of her power? And like, also, I thought it was interesting when they showed when they showed her kill the two guys. Her face was like strangely modeled, like, yeah. like, like. And I wasn't sure if they're suggesting that like she's burst a bunch of capillaries or. You know, now we got these demigorgons. We're getting better mm. looks at them. Like, is she some kind of fucking half breed technology? Like, she's got yeah. demigorgon DNA. Um, I think they're encouraging that speculation with her like escaping at the same time as the demigorgon. Yeah, like right? there's there's a connect. There is a connection there. A thematic, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Biological, perhaps. Who knows? It's going into my crazy conspiracy theory file for uh, later use. The the I couldn't help but notice that. Uh, so I had never really taken a good look at Nancy's room before, but when Elle's kind of wandering the house and goes into Nancy's room, yeah, uh, I couldn't help but notice they didn't go nearly as hard on the 80s girl references as they did the 80s boy references. Hmm. There's like a single poster of Tom Cruise up on the wall, and that's it. I think it's it. because that – I think that uh, – I intuited it's because Nancy is that kind of 80s girl. She is She's an adult. Worm. She's, yeah. she's she wants to like like she she yeah like she she wants to be an adult she's, very very bad but only to the level where she's not totally immune to Tom Cruise yeah charms. sure sure who who isn't right who isn't thirty years later the man's still in incredible shape okay I could see I could see maybe that's what they were going for and it's but it is weird because that scene was supposed to be eleven finding out what it means to be the average American girl yeah which Nancy is not. No. And, you know, does that does that it seems like that's that speaks to Eleven because she's been, you know, brutalized and her head shaved in hospital gowns her whole life. Like Nancy is very, you know, among her other scholastic and maturity gifts. She's also very, you know, soft and frilly and lacy and ribbony. Mm -hmm. And what's that uh, is is that going to be something that uh, Hmm. Eleven is drawn to or or repulsed by? Is she going to be a Tom girl or Tom boy? I don't know. Is a tomboy? The girl's a tomboy. What the fuck does that mean? I, man. 
I, I have no idea what the etymology, where did, where the etymology of Tom tomboys come from. I don't like, know. Like, wouldn't it be a tom girl? Like I a would tom, think so. Yeah. Tom cat's a boy cat. Tom boys mm-hmm. like it's just a, that's just like a fucking boy boy. <laughs> okay. It's so yeah. weird. Like tom girl, I could get. I don't know. Are you saying language is a strange and evolving thing? Oh, and and its intersection with societal <laughs> expectations as it uh-huh. uh, as as it uh uh. uh, uh, uh as it pertains to gender normatives, yeah, sure, it's fucking weird. It's fucking really. It's You're like it's, it's complex. It's one of the stranger things we have. Yeah. Um. What else do we want to talk about? I want to talk about the ending. Um. So they pull, they pull what I can only describe as Marty McFly out of the quarry, because God damn it, it is it is exactly his outfit. Did he pull that life that vest off some dead Chinese? That's what I want to know. The dead China man. Know. What did they say? Something, in, something in racist. Big Lebowski. Is that the? No, that was reference? in because when when Marty walks in with his like fucking vest, his 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 sleeve. Oh right, in number two, yeah, in the future. The, no, it was in the past. They're like, are you in the Coast Guard? Or did you? Oh, you're right. You're, you're right. They 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 asked him that in in the third one. In the third. Oh Jesus! Because it's the Wild West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wild West. Chinese. Okay. Yep. So it was the Coast we Guard. Yeah. But we I, I think in all three movies, they make some kind of uh, Monopoly guy, wry observation about his dress. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they pull Marty McFly out of the quarry, and Mike immediately thinks it's Will. And I think all of them think it's Will. All the yeah. Boys. And Eleven, I think under the look on her face is that she's as shocked as anybody to find out that it is. But they never showed the face of the body, which to me says they want us to question, is this actually Will? Yeah. Because we've just had what we think is Will communicating with Joyce. Yes. We didn't get a shot. If they wanted to show us that this was Will, they could prove it by showing his face. Yes. Done. Game over. But I don't know why they – the only explanation I come up with for not showing his face is they want us to question it. Yeah, and this and might not, in fact, be Will. That's why I'm saying this episode's not quite as tight as the others because I feel like, you know, we always said that, like, in Breaking Bad. Like, there's a one, there's a time or two where, for whatever reason, Walter White, like, pulls the curtain, the privacy curtain in front of the audience and we can't see what he's doing, uh-huh. which stands out because usually there he's operating in broad daylight and we're, we're kind of, like, trying to puzzle out what the hell he's doing. Right. Um, but, like, to actually, you know, to, to show things that happened that they didn't show us. And I feel like that that's the this episode dabbled heavily in if we actually show the audience what we're doing here, it's going to kind of fall apart and not have the effect. So we have to be mm. a little bit trickier and a, a more underhanded. And, and it's know. okay when they do that with the horror aspects. Like when they don't show the Demogorgon. Right? Oh, yeah. Or, when they, that's, or they, that's, like, tease those sorts of things. Right. That's just part of the genre. But yeah. Yeah, to do it with something like this is the a little strange. The plot mechanics are like you've got this like this at this po- point this this boy's body is a MacGuffin because it's yeah. this like a, it's 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 only interesting in the fact that we don't like if it's Will then we got I mean I guess what I'm trying to say is that it seems like a horseshit way to build suspense because it's not real suspense. Uh-huh. This suspense could be dispelled by Hopper going forward and like flinging a sheet aside. Yeah. Which, as the fucking cop who has jurisdiction over this, he would be well within his rights to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but for whatever reason, they don't. They don't want to clear that up. Yeah. What if they come back and it just is Will? Like they show us his body. I, He's dead. Because is he dead? Is I mean, he? In another dimension, does his physical form go with him? I don't know what's happening with Will. So I want to confess something. Okay. Uh, 
I honestly don't know where they're going with this. This is like I don't <laughs> remember them finding Will's body at a quarry. So Same I feel here. like I can yeah. I can speculate freely because if they like if it turns out that this is Will's body, I could believe that they cloned it from okay. uh hair that they that that the the Modines found the Matthew Modine found in Joyce's trailer, you know? Okay. Or her how like it could be uh um a, a different timeline will it could be a boy like it like the other thing is we right. didn't see his face it could be because the face was like eaten off by fish or something so it could be mm. another kid that they murdered to stand in for will like there's a lot of there's a lot of Quar- supernatural mechanics and scientific wooby dooby stuff going on here that 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 it could be will and not will if that makes sense yeah yeah Especially if it's like I'm also not like if this is like a a space time kind of jump rather than like your conventional Mm -hmm. dark dimension kind of thing, and then maybe it's like Will from six weeks ago. I mean, who I I I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I I mean, I'm really open on that question as well. I I just don't know what to think. Um, Mm -hmm. The the show clearly wants me to to just go with the boy's notion here that it's Will, but my tv watching brain has a hard time just following that that trail so i guess we'll see you know the next episode is is there to be watched so i guess we should probably get to it i really like the i really like the strong ending montage with the peter gabriel's heroes oh yeah i thought that was the hugging pairs yeah i thought that that was that was really good and it was well put together to have this kind of like again I'm not sure I'm on board with the the mystery here, but the the like the driving sense of urgency and desperation. Um, well, I think it and the kind of bittersweetness. It was pretty good. I think it once again pairs, um, you know, Jonathan and and the other characters. I guess like the yeah. quest that he's on with the quest that they're on. I mean, Mike obviously has always been paired with him. Yeah. But you know, when when we talked about like the camera scene, um, that's kind of where my mind goes. Like these these kids all understand each other because they're on the same mission to find their friend. Right. Um, and, and I feel like that's a good thing. Like if you want to bring Nancy into this mission somehow, Mm -hmm. um, or at least make her more sympathetic to it. Yeah. You have to give her a reason to care because she didn't at the beginning. She's got to have skin in the game. Yeah. And now now she does. does. She's got the quest for Barb. Yeah. Um, I really like, uh, I continue to like Winona Ryder. Her kind of wild-eyed, obsessive performance with Joyce, and yeah. she's the type of character that normally drives me nuts. But a, it helps that she's correct; she's dead on <laughs> in her observations, and we know that. Yeah. And we know that because the the only other way to make a character like this work is to have them be kind of funny, like the the Randy Quaid pitiful. Oh right, uh, you know, crop duster and Independence Day. Um, but having her just be just be right, and and she's caught constantly in situations where she just she's a fucking lunatic. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really I really like that. Also, like, there's something interesting they're doing with Eleven, like her trying to figure out the world by the interaction she has with her boys, uh, or the with the boys and like you yeah. know just just observationally, like she didn't understand loyalty and friendship, and now she's got a handle on that, and she wants to know why these boys are hurting you at school. Yeah, and like you know also why is Mike kind of like brushing that shit off? Like if that's like, and the answer is that for whatever reason. In this school, it's acceptable to run schools like prisons. Yeah, uh, that's 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 it's an institution like every other fucking one. Um, but yeah, I, I I really like that that she's doing a lot of this uh, amazing amount. Like Molly, oh, her name's like Molly Bobby Brown, right? 
Millie? Millie yeah. Bobby Brown? Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, like a Millie like like it's an explosion of eighties artists. One sure a is. One a lip syncer, uh, and or two lip syncers, which and... is funny because she doesn't talk much. So. Yeah, yeah, well, there you go, <laughs> pretty good. Uh, but yeah, she's doing a lot of great work of just like this, this pantomime of just you know she's got these big expressive eyes and they're just taking in everything all around her. It's it's watch, it's like watching a baby learn. Uh-huh. Um, and she's doing a hell of a job with it. That's all. That's all the stuff I got to talk about this episode. Okay. Thanks for listening to our Season 1 coverage of Stranger Things. If you like what you hear and want more, check out our, all of our television, movie, and pop culture content on baldmove.com. If you'd like to help support our podcast and get a ton of bonus content and features, check out club.baldmove.com. We'll also be taking feedback during our upcoming Season 1 wrap-up podcast, so send that in to strangerthings.baldmove.com. You can also discuss this with your fellow fans at forums.baldmove.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Until next time, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.